Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, Practical Buddhism for the Modern World. Each week, I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hello, and welcome to Episode 21 of Season 2 of the Toward Light Podcast. Today, I want to talk about five misconceptions I hear a lot about Buddhism and mindfulness. This is not to call anyone out or to judge people. I share this as education and reminders for us all. The first one that I get a lot is, if you're Buddhist, that you practice yoga. When I mention to people that I have a podcast about Buddhism about 50% of the time, they then say, oh, and you teach yoga too? Now, a practicing Buddhist may or may not practice yoga as well. There's nothing preventing the two from being practiced by the same person, but the lineages of how we got these practices are different. I do not know much about the lineage of yoga, and yoga is a broad term that covers a lot of different things. But from my understanding, the core yogic teachings are rooted in Vedic teachings from India that are today most frequently known as Hinduism that existed before the Buddha began teaching. The Buddha, the historical Buddha Siddhartha Gautama, lived about 2,500 years ago, and his teachings, which became Buddhism, were informed by the teachings in northern India at the time, but they were and are markedly different from those teachings. So Theravada Buddhism, which I practice and share, is rooted in these early teachings of the Buddha, and today is most practiced in Thailand, Burma, and Sri Lanka. Now, is it a big deal if someone thinks that Buddhism and Hinduism are the same thing? No, it's not. Often when people ask, I just say, yes, I practice some yoga, but mostly I teach meditation and I keep it at that. But since you're listening to this podcast, I assume you'd want to know the difference. The second misconception is that Buddhists worship Buddha. So like I said, The Buddhism I practice is rooted in the Theravada teachings, which is only one form of Buddhism. And even within the Theravada lineage, there are differences. Some paths are more devotional than others and emphasize paying homage to the Buddha, Dewas, Dakinis, and other important figures in Buddhist cosmology. But in the Buddhism I share and practice, there is limited devotional practice, and there is no idea that the Buddha needs to be worshipped or is a deity of some sort. Theravada Buddhism is non-theistic, and the emphasis is on personal responsibility and practice. No one can see the truth of impermanence for you. No higher being can help you feel that. We may choose to take refuge in the Buddha, take refuge in knowing that a man just like us found a path to liberation but it is not worshiping. We do not need to see him as a god. Why does this matter? While Buddhism is often classified as a religion, it's actually more of a philosophy, a way to see life along with a set of practices. Because it is non-theistic, it can be good practice for atheists and agnostics. But if people think that there is a deity aspect or a worshiping aspect, They may not know, they may not see that, oh, this is actually available to all. They might say, oh, well, I worship Jesus, so I cannot practice any Buddhist practices. That's not the case, and that's why it's so important to know this. The third misconception is that mindfulness and meditation are words that can be used interchangeably. 
I'm talking about this because I have the bad habit of using the word meditation when I actually mean mindfulness practice. Meditation can mean so many different things and can be different in different Buddhist traditions as well as in other religions. The three meditation practices that are most frequently taught in Theravada Buddhism in the West are mindfulness, the Pali word is sati, heart practices, the Pali word is the Brahmaviharas, and concentration, which is samadhi practice. Mindfulness is my primary practice, and so when I say meditation, that's what I mean. And I'm go- going forward, I'm going to work to be more exact or specific when I say this. So why is it a problem to say meditation when we mean mindfulness? Because meditation can mean so many different things, it can be really easy to get lost. But mindfulness is very specific. There are specific instructions, there are four foundations of mindfulness, and there's a structure to the practice. If we practice meditation in general, it can be too broad. Or if we don't know what type of meditation we're practicing, we can get lost. So it's important to know what we're doing. It's important to know the type of instructions that we're following or practicing. The fourth misconception that I want to debunk is that mindfulness is good for everyone all the time. Mindfulness has become a buzzword in popular culture in the West, but there are times when mindfulness isn't appropriate or how you practice mindfulness needs to be tailored to the circumstance. In the unfortunate managed healthcare system that many of us are a part of, There's an emphasis on mindfulness because it can be more affordable for the insurance companies than paying for therapy. And so we need to know that sometimes that is an appropriate way or appropriate tool, but sometimes we need something else. So here are a few examples. If you're having a panic attack, mindfulness anchored at the breath is probably not going to be helpful. So placing the majority of your attention at the feet or the butt if you're sitting, is going to be more supportive at that time. Or let's say you're experiencing a trauma response and your amygdala is running the show. You're in fight, flight, or freeze. Mindfulness is probably not the right way to get your higher level functioning back on board. Doing some math problems or a crossword will be more useful in that moment. Practicing mindfulness in a group can be supportive for some and not feel safe for others. Knowing for yourself the safest and most productive times and places to practice meditation is essential. I do want to be clear, so many people tell me they quote-unquote can't meditate, and I have a hard time believing that. Yes, it is hard. Yes, it takes practice. But most humans have the capacity to practice mindfulness if they have the willingness. But if someone is dead set against it, they're not going to see results because the fruit of mindfulness practice comes from our efforts. I can make someone listen to mindfulness instructions, but I can never make them train their mind. They have to want to. The final thought that I want to challenge is this idea that distraction is always bad. Again, if you're having a panic attack or experiencing a trauma response, or maybe dealing with grief or very tired, Sometimes a distraction can be useful. It's helpful to know what type of distractions are okay for you and what are not. If you're panicking and decide to distract yourself with a scary movie, that may not go so well. But maybe a comedy could help you shift out of the panic. 
This is a really personal exploration, and we learn to titrate between mindfulness and healthy distraction, and it changes from situation to situation. For me, sometimes distraction makes my depression worse and sometimes better. So we always need to experiment and explore, but we need to stop thinking of distraction as a bad word in Buddhism, because sometimes it is useful. I hope this information has been helpful, and if you have more questions you want answered, please let me know. Thank you for listening. Please check out any links in the show notes. You can find me on my website, towardlight.net, or on Instagram at towardlight108.